What up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to a special edition of my ongoing Brooklyn Underground series with today's guest, Phil Barch of Dead Empires. We get into the process of going from an instrumental band to a four-piece with vocals, playing strange bars, early shows we played together, a major Pantera geek out, industrial street cats, acid dealers, Vinnie Paul snare drums, bruh, and uh, recording their most recent record and how he got into drumming in the first place. If you haven't heard vocalist Jason Sherman's other band, Torrential Downpour, definitely go check them out as well. That band is fucking insane. Shout out to my sponsor, New Orleans Record Press. If you or your band or whatever project you're looking to put out is considering releasing vinyl, go on over to NewOrleansRecordPress.com for color design and mastering options as well as real-time quotes. Give them a holler. Tell them Jody Smith of the Crash Bang Boom Podcast sent you. You know vinyl sounds killer. It sounds better. Shit looks good. Print that shit. So here we go, Phil Barch, Dead Empires. New album designed to disappear is out now. Crash Bang Boom! Crowds go mad with joy. Phil Barch, not hey. to be confused with March, the the Barchin drum. I like this. This is good. I like where this is going already. How's it going, dude? Good. I'm just wondering if you're uh, gonna sound replace this after, or if, you know, maybe add a sample or two if my voice doesn't sound too good. Check, check. I'm check. thinking. I'm thinking full on auto tune, i.e. Uh, T Pain style. That's 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 where the next record's going. So I'm glad we're talking about that now. Uh, yes. This will all be auto-tuned. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, we're, we're sitting here in your Prius in uh, industrial-ass Brooklyn, uh, Bushwick to be specific. Y'all just played a show. Sounded badass. Thank you. Yeah, man. Uh, it's been a while. You know, the first time that I saw your band, uh, y'all were still an instrumental band at the time, and my band, Beast Modulus, had only played maybe one show prior to that, and we played a very bizarre bar in Brooklyn, Lucky 13, right prior to it closing, and we blew out the PA, but it didn't matter because y'all were an instrumental band anyway. So uh, <laughs> I forgot that the PA blew out, but yeah, the lucky, the old school Lucky Thirteen. The yeah, it was not a club; it was just a <laughs> shitty bar, and you played on the floor. It was yeah. I think the drum space was the size of like a custodian closet. <laughs> oh, it was it was crazy, crazy tight, man. But we shared kits that night, so we, I we bonded. Your, we, I, we bonded. I played your kit that night, as I remember. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. That was the first time we met. Beautiful I, times. Yeah, I remember sweating balls and uh, it just being a very strange, strange night. It was one of the it was one of the strange gigs i feel like that actually beast modulus might have played 
it's only your second show. It can only go uphill, you know? <laughs> That's true. The bar was pretty low at that point. It's like, how, how, how much more could it suck? Uh, then you played with us, so I'm sorry. <laughs> no, man, it was, it was great. I remember at the time thinking that y'all were shredding and uh, a very cool and interesting instrumental band, which brings me to where y'all are at now with uh, my friend Jason, who I know uh, via uh, Torrential Downpour, his band. Right, right. Uh, so tell me a little bit about how Jason became to be uh, the singer of this band that once was an instrumental band. <laughs> I mean, well, as you know, Jason has just been all over. Like, he knows everybody. He's been a staple of Torrential and, and Jersey scene. And we've played with him a bunch of times doing weekends with uh, with them. And we actually did one with uh, Moontooth and Binary Code and them at one point. It was a really awesome tour. And, uh, yeah, so he's always been a buddy. And one of the last shows we played with him when he was filling in for a band called Family on Prosthetic Records. I know. I played on the uh, I played drums on that record. Did you? Yeah, I'm the really? drummer on that record. That <laughs> <laughs> really am. Things you learned in the Prius. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, that was like that show, like, we had played with him. And, yeah, it's funny because, like, he was filling in for that band. And it was like, ah, oh, he's he's open to mingle a little bit, you know? Like, right. And uh, we actually, uh, every year... Torrential Downpour does Dime Fest. I don't know if you've been a part of that, but uh, Beast Modules has actually played one. Hell yeah! All right, so yeah, so we played we played that, and just like watching Jason like pull off Phil and Selmo, like just like spot on, it's just perfect. And I was just like blown away that like he can just had so much range. Like Torrential already blew me away, but it's like watching that and then watching him with him, like he just like he's such a chameleon, you know? Absolutely. And so that's he's like always in the back of our mind, and we were writing the record. You know, of course, we we're trying to push ourselves, and we had a joke that we were going to put vocals on like a song, and the, the lyrics were going to be no words. So the instrumental band having one song, and the lyrics are no words. <laughs> there you go. So that's how it got to like started as a joke, and then we we're like, what about vocals? What about what about Jason? What about Jason? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and we asked him to to cut us a demo, and out of uh, you know people we have. That talked to us about being the singer. He was the only one that actually sent us a, a demo, and right. uh, and it just blew us out of the water. And DJ specifically was like, "We need more." <laughs> so, yeah, that, no, that's my trademark DJ impression. Uh, <laughs> that's but, good. That's good. No, nah, but uh, he did one song. We started working with him. We already had the record written when he joined, okay. joined the band, and he just added everything to it. We didn't give him any guidance. We we're just like, "Just do you," mm -hmm. and that's what's on Design to Disappear. Like, we had everything written, he joined, then we added everything more. We actually had studio time booked, but we needed more time to wrap up some stuff, and then we got Jason, and that was, in the long run, the, the better decision. <laughs> Fuck yeah. yeah dude, to, to rewind for a second, you mentioned Dime Fest. For those of you listening to this who are, who are wondering if we're talking about dime bags or dimes or, like, or like March for Dimes, isn't that a thing? Like, a, a March for, like, for is that cancer? I, I don't know. But in any case, what, what that the reference is actually Dime Bag Daryl and the band Tarantula Down throws these annual parties and right. they do like an entire when we saw them they did an entire pantera album and then a whole nother thing so we played with them so it's totally insane i mean the uh, the other jason in that band the guitarist like was was nailing all the solos and oh, shit he's, he's and i remember asking him how the fuck do you <laughs> how much time did you have to spend and he's like i i was in my room growing up so it's second nature for me to play this shit he like he was like learning all of that stuff as a kid which is insanity yeah they're, so. they're all super talented and we played i think the last dime fest they had they haven't had it in a few years but um i was scheduled to play slaughtered with them and once they got through half of their set the cops got called so then they had oh. to, so then they did a quiet pantera set and it was awesome because they just like 
essentially played with like brushes and turned like the PA what? off. And Jason, that and Jason, sweet acoustic <laughs> Pantera and unplugged. And Jason's just like screaming with nothing on. <laughs> it was Jesus. Pre- so yeah, we're we're pretty. Uh, we like to adapt. We're all <laughs> very good, very good, man. Well, uh, having Jason in the band and coming from an instrumental band, uh, at, initially I was thinking that that maybe songwriting wise it, it might have changed some things a little bit. But I mean, Jason has such an an instrument like uh, sort of mindset in how he approaches vocals. I guess it was kind of just like having another instrument in the band, not necessarily having to to rework or uh, what you were accustomed to necessarily, right? Of course, yeah. He does uh, all of his own noise and synth, and he improvises and 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 creates like chords and piano parts for certain parts. He does, it's a total package. He can sing, he can scream, he does laundry, he cooks, he cleans. Oh man, yeah, he's a sweetheart. But, God uh, damn it! <laughs> but yeah, no. So when we hired him, like we 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 were never not against the idea of having a singer. We said, like, we'll get a singer. Just has to be the right fit. And we just, no one came around, so we just were instrumental for seven years. <laughs> right. And, you know, with this record, like like I said, we were just trying to push ourselves, and, you know, we were just, like, open to the idea of trying anything new, and, and that's how it, it came to be. But, yeah, he, he brought just an extra layer. Like, his vocals are out of control, but, like, the way he thinks about, like, like textures and, and atmosphere, um, it's awesome. And next record's going to have even more. It's going to be great. <laughs> awesome, man. Uh, well, tell me a little bit about Record, the most recent record. Y'all did that out with Kevin Entresian. Entresian? I always I mispronounce uh, his name. Entresian. Entresian. <laughs> Jesus. We did it at his studio, but we actually worked with uh, Scott Moriarty, who's, okay. in a ba- who's the singer of a band called Organ Dealer. Oh, cool. So we went, oh, God, I want to say last last spring. We started tracking it, and we were there for about a week, and it went awesome. It, like, we've played a bunch of shows there they have shows there a lot and right. they, they do like they work with a lot of our friends so it was just a no-brainer that this was a good place to be i, w- I should i should clarify that they're being backroom studios in new jersey rockaway yep yes and they do throw shows there have y'all played there before well uh, yeah, we have yet to play there yet yeah it, they're they're cool i mean the room it's like a lie it's just like in the live room right, and, exactly. and it's uh you know it's kind of like got a small venue vibes but i mean they they had a secret dillinger escape plan show yeah. there and that's like less than 100 people like, right seeing dillinger so i unfortunately didn't get to go to that show but i have played a couple there um i think actually the torrential downpour uh moon tooth uh, binary code tour played there but yeah we played there a bunch of times so like i said it, it felt like we were just going to like our friends like studio and and it, it was super chill super laid back and you know they'll get you what you want right and it was awesome i got the drums done in about a day and a half dj and john each got their stuff done in about a day or two and then jason went last and then we were actually there mixing with which was actually awesome i'd recommend it to anybody who's doing a record like go in there with the producer set a day aside or two and mix with them it'll get done faster and you'll get what you want quicker. right it's it, so that was awesome it was just like we had free range and um I'm really stoked on how it came out. And then we had it mastered by Alan Douches, uh, who, awesome. actually, who actually lives really close to us up in the Hudson Valley. And he's done, you name it, he's done it like Mastodon and Converge. So yeah, man. it was cool to be there. We we sat with him and mastered it with him. And he's such a chill dude. And Wow. Yeah, so we, we really were lucky with how everything fell into place for this record. <laughs>
to Pantera for a second. <laughs> I was watching you playing tonight, and you're playing a fucking Vinnie Paul snare drum, dude. Ah, oh, man, I've had that thing. I've had that thing for so long, and actually, like for years, I've been using a Ludwig Superphonic, like the vintage one, like a '79. I just the- bought. I bought one literally three days ago, but I got the five by fourteen, not the six and a half by fourteen. It's all good. I mean, everybody should have one if you're a drummer. It's like yeah. it's like the strat of drums. Definitely the go-to, <laughs> must so, have. Exactly. So that was like my go-to problem. But uh, I had that one a long time ago when I was playing like metalcore bands in high school, and I think like fucking ripped. And I just put it on the shelf for a while because I got the the Ludwig, and I was like, so like, kind of like collecting dust. And then my buddy Mike Cadnar, who is. Uh, actually the owner of silent pendulum records who put out our record and i've was, had him on the podcast oh awesome yeah handsome fella oh he's very handsome good looking guy yeah you should see him wink at you just it's... eastern european <laughs> Had, doesn't have much fat on him as well he can actually play with his shirt off and still look good which is very impressive as a 42 year old man who is struggling Mike, mike's 42 wow he looks great for no 42. no i'm i'm uh. saying myself <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Mike. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. No, Mike's my boy. But yeah, no. So he, uh, where was I going with Mike? Oh, I don't know. He put your record out. But he, we put our re- he put our record out. But anyway, so he borrowed it for, so yeah, that, Vinny Paul's there. So he borrowed it for, uh, he also plays the number 12 Looks Like You. He borrowed it for that tour. So I brought it off the shelf. It was just sitting there. I was like, yeah, you could use it. And then he was like, can I buy it? I was like, oh, I kind of want it. You know, I kind of want to use it again. And then I started like messing with it and, you know, getting like the sweet spot. And, and everyone's like, like that's an awesome snare so i just kind of yeah. brought it back and now it's like just in rotation it's sturdy it's it's eight by 14 it's yeah you can tune it low and it's got like that that fatness to it you, you crank it up and you can hear it like from the street it's it's it rules it's and <laughs> uh, uh, and more importantly than in how it sounds clearly is that aesthetically it looks like a fucking snake <laughs> real snake skin <laughs> bullet lugs real bullets from the deer that Vinnie Paul shot in his backyard. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's got the um, you know faux uh, snakeskin wrap and the uh, spike tube lugs, but those things suck when you do double bass. Because I have like I have like scar tissue and bruises on both my thighs from that thing, just because there's like Jesus. the spikes just like dig into you, but it kind of like pushes you to like go hard. It's like ah, it's like this hurts so yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know that that snare, is, as far as I know, has been discontinued. You're the, you're the second person that I've seen play it, and uh, it always sounds badass. So not to go on a like snare drum <laughs> tangent but it is a drumming podcast hell yeah so yeah uh, man thank you yeah the, i think that thing sounds awesome i think the drummer of inner armor had one too when I played, oh really when i, I played see that one time. yeah but uh it's an awesome snare it's a deep snare and uh pearl pearl's pretty sturdy man you it's can't. it's unmistakable for anyone listening to this if you ever see a snare drum or a, a, a snare being played by a drummer or any snare for that matter that looks like a snake skin you know it's the fucking texas good old boys from <laughs> pantera putting out some signature shit yeah yeah, yeah you, uh, you don't want to go the brushes on that one no not so much uh so uh, here we go when did you become conscious of pantera i got a story for you (laughs) uh gosh i gotta say like seven you know sixth grade seventh grade is when i really got into everything you know like i was like uh go home and watch you know like trl and like fuse and all that stuff so like i kind of got it i kind of worked my way backwards but you know then bands would play like um like for example quick story 
one of my favorite bands was Sum 41, and they would always play Judas Priest and, and like Slayer riffs. And then I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And then, and then I like got their DVD and they like played Raining Blood. So that was like the first time I heard Raining Blood. And then that like, kind of like dripped me into like Priest and Ozzy. And then I was like, all right, fuck Sum 41 now. <laughs> like, I'm going to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you were, that was your gateway drug to the heavy it shit. Was, it was. Thanks, guys. Another victim of society. Absolutely. <laughs> Look what they did to you. Yeah, but Pantera kind of just came within that territory, like just m- meshed in with everything, you know, yeah. like Cowboys from Hell and Great Southern Trunk, which is my favorite record by them. Is it really? That's my favorite one. Um, I mean, it's kind of like picking between my kids, and I don't have any kids, but if I yeah. had, I couldn't pick my <laughs> Right. But yeah, no, I just love Pantera. How could you not love Pantera? And uh, Vinnie Paul just is like one of the perfect, most perfect dr- metal drummers right. ever. He just grooves, he's solid, he doesn't overplay, and his fills are fucking tasty, and he just like, his drums are just a beast like they're all like square dimensions like 14 by 14 16 by 16 like 24 right. by 24 and yeah gosh i can go on and on about vinnie paul the old <laughs> the old power toms so here's here's my uh pantera story and as, yes please as, as we're as i'm talking about this i've been seeing two cats now here they go you can see them there, yeah, there they are. running through the streets this one is stalking the other one and going on the other side of the street anticipating that this one is going to cross and at some point we might <laughs> we might see a fucking industrial bushwick cat fight which i would rather not see but if it does i might have to pause it and fucking break up a cat fight like not like chicks fighting in the street but actual you know quadruped furry animals in any case that's not the pantera story (laughs) uh (laughs) jesus christ so i i got into them and had a vhs tape um right when they put out uh cowboys from hell and i was definitely like this is awesome and oh god get out of the street oh god Uh, i thought we were about to see said cat get run over by a truck just now that would have been terrible um, all right. They're okay. They're okay. They're, They're okay. okay. <laughs> Everyone listening to us. Uh, so I had the VHS. I, I knew about them. I thought they were fucking awesome. Um, and uh, more or less in hindsight, I was like, what I dug about them then and what I st- continue to dig about them is like the shuffle feels. And because I know that he and his brother, Dimebag, grew up playing blues and shit like that. Right. So they incorporated that. And that's some of those grooves that they had going on. And it was so killer when it came out. And then for me, Vulgar Display of Power, when that came out, I remember there was this like super beefy fire hydrant built fucking dude who actually went to jail for selling acid and weed and then later got out and was covered (laughs) in white power tattoos and became this crazy fucker or maybe always was one or who knows. But (laughs) in any case... I remember he was always cool with me because he knew that I would I, I would like tell him about records that I was into or whatever, and I told him, man, Vulgar Displayer Power just came out. It's the best shit ever, and he was like. Dude, no fucking way. It's better than Metallica, dude. <laughs> and I was like, I and it's the only time I've ever had to convince someone. I was like, I tell you what, you get the cassette tape, and if you don't like it, I'll buy it back from you. And he got it. And afterwards, like a day or two later, he was like, dude, that's the fucking best shit ever. And I was like, I fucking told you. Now, of course, that's weird that he became a white supremacist and went to jail for selling acid and weed. That's kind of, kind of a whole other story. <laughs> but that's not the point of the story. That's, <laughs> that's, not, not, the, that's, that's not the point of the story. That's not the point of the story. So that's my that's my Pantera story. You may have supplied him like the soundtrack to like a murder. Like, it, right. like, 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 then, like he listens to that shit, he gets fucking swole, and then he yeah. goes out and so. Yeah. But uh, I'm sure he's doing fine. Is he doing okay? I uh, once once the whole I only heard about these things I, I, <laughs> at that point was like, uh, I'm moving on, brother. I'm glad uh, I didn't have to reimburse you for the Pantera tape. Well, uh, that what, would have been eight bucks, whatever. What's his name? I'm not going to say it. OK, OK. Well, whatever your name is, if you're listening, you're listening. <laughs> uh we're just talking about you, bro. I just want to see how you're doing. Yeah. Not, not going to name drop. <laughs> okay. Not gonna okay. Name drop. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. 
talked about how you find in heavy music, etc. Yeah. When was it that you even began uh, start or started playing drums in the first place? Well, it it started around. Yeah, I would say like summer of sixth grade, like right before you go into middle school. Uh, I got my first drum set for Easter, and it was uh, set up all wrong by my parents. Like you know, right Tom, left Tom, all all yeah. miscombobulated, and I kind of was just like just beating the crap out of. I actually didn't even have a bass drum pedal. I was just like it broke, and I just thought I could just like get away with playing with my hands. No one taught me anything. I was kind of like self taught, and yeah. then um, then eventually got like my, my first nice kit, which was a, a Tama um, Star Classic like Birch. And that was I, my that was my first kit. Right on. Was right. It, what, did you have the wood finish? It was like the cherry. Oh, first. I know the stain. I know yeah, that one. Yeah, I know yeah. that. I know the exact kit. Oh yeah, so like 10, 12, 14, like hanging tom and yeah. uh, that's kind of where I cut my teeth and like uh I didn't get lessons. I always I was I'm pretty much self-taught. Um I did uh I listened to like music and just played along with it. Uh double bass was all slayer, you know, like all my right. <laughs> So I would uh you know kind of just just play and luckily my mom was super supportive and letting me play in the basement and later on like I would I really wanted to play drums to join a band, play with my friends, and I was already like interested in playing drums. Like I would like, as a kid, I would like play with like colored pencils, and you know, I went to like sleepaway camp and joined like the drum circle. So like I kind of got like my vibes there, right. and then, like so it was like I was always attracted to the drums, and um, yeah, just I got I got the bug, and when I got the drum sets, it just kind of like. I was able to practice as much as I wanted to, and I, you know, brought friends over, and we would do like Nirvana covers and like, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff, and then working our way up, and then eventually I discovered like like what local music was about. Uh, in Poughkeepsie, we have a venue called The Chance, mm-hmm. and uh, it's very historic. They've had like tons of like historic shows roll through, and that was kind of like where I cut my teeth going to local shows and seeing local bands and like hearing like what a what a mic drum set sounds like for the first time, right? And that shit's addicting. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. hearing a drum set getting mic'd, like oh, yeah. you know, like. I just so like I was just like I'm hooked I'm in so then like it was like my whole life has been trying to recreate that like you know (laughs) that one single experience of hearing a mic uh, drum set exactly just that one time just that one time that's amazing yeah man so like it started from like discovering those local bands who were into at the time like those like Trustkill Victory Metal Blade Records kind of bands so like you know like Warped Tour meets Ozfest like I was all about that Mm -hmm. and then um, high school came around I was more into like. Swedish, Swedish melodic metal in flames at the gates, like dark tranquility, mm-hmm. like, you know, and, and then I started dabbling more like Macedon and like Converge. Oh, and, yeah. And like, uh, I mean, back in I was always listening to Converge, but like, you know, just like like more metal prog based kind of stuff. Macedon, Baroness. Um, and JB, to his credit, introduced me to the Melvins, which changed my life. That was right. The, discovering Dale Crover, like completely changed the way I think about drums. And uh, that was my senior year of high school when we started Net Empires. So, oh wow, yeah. So we've been a band. So I graduated in '09, and it's 2018. So, wow, <laughs> you graduated high school? Yeah, in '09. Really? Uh, yeah, I'm 27. Oh wow, yeah. Holy, are you, what? Yeah, really? Yeah. I can buy beer and stuff, dude. I'm old enough to be your dad. <laughs> Gotta look like my dad. We have we both thought I don't hair. I can't grow any facial hair though. But yeah. Oh really? <laughs> you know I was I've been trying. I've been trying. Yeah, I I can. Wow, that's amazing! I didn't realize you were that young. That's 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 wild, dude. Well, Thank uh, you. you you talked about uh, growing up. I, I guess is is Poughkeepsie upstate? Is that considered? Yeah, so it's about two hours north of the city, like uh, Hudson Valley. So we have Vassar Colleges up there. The Culinary Institute of America is up there. My buddy went there. Yeah, word. Uh, so Hyde Park is like Franklin Delano Roosevelt's like stomping ground. So his house is there. There's like a National Library there. Yeah. 
Uh, New Paltz is a big college town. That's where I live and the great music scene. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of music going on up there. There's a lot of different scenes in a lot of different areas and different counties, but we're all somehow connected. We all know somebody and it's kind of like the city. Um, so I'm really fortunate that I'm up there. I don't think I don't think I would have turned out how I did if I didn't live up there because that was that was what we would do up there, you know, like, there's, right. I mean, we lived in the woods and like, there's, you can go only a few ways really, you know, yeah. like, like go to, go to college, get a job or like go work or whatever, or kind of fall off the face of the earth. And anyway, so music that can happen too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So music was, uh, music was always just there to, to have fun and it always is fun. Why, uh, why, why chase it to this day? What keeps you at it <laughs> at all costs? Literally. Stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasure, uh, uh, pleasure for sure, dude. We I just drove two and a half hours to go play for a half hour here, and I had so much fun. I would do it again tomorrow if I had to. You know, like that's awesome. It just feels good. It's awesome to play in front of people, and and you got to trust the process. Like, like being in a like like this. I think the stupidest thing a band could do is just break up. Like, even if you guys hate each other, like you can work through it. You know what I mean? Like, if they're your brothers, they're your boys. You work through it, and you figure out what's up. But yeah, like this band has been going for eight years, and I'm. We're in it to win it, you know. That's like, yeah. you know, like that's the that's the motto of the camp. And like, for me, like drums will always be there. And like, <clears throat> you know, I still have a lot I want to accomplish and still want to do. So I hear you exactly, man. I mean, that's that's what we all want to do, you know. I I 100% agree. That being said, I will I will say, having been doing this myself for 26 years, almost as long as you've been alive, <laughs> uh, I think you play in a band with some cool dudes. Because when you were like, "Yeah, we're in it to win it," I was like, "Yeah, I'd definitely play with some assholes." Where I was like, "Fuck you, I'm getting out of here." <laughs> Oh man, I am not sticking around for this shit. You can go fuck yourself. It's a it's a work in progress, but you know what? I've played with like so many people and have been in so many situations, and you know, like like kicking people out and and having fights and stuff, and just like at this point, like it's positive in, negative out. That's that's really how it goes. And yeah, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But you know, we're we're all in a really good place. Like we're we're really happy with how the record is is going and and how it came out and and just the support of everybody. So we're we're at a good place. And and you know, once once this tour cycle and record cycle is over, then we're gonna get back in, into the shed and uh, and start thinking of some uh, some new things to do. <laughs> nice man. Well, shit. From here on a mic'd up bass drum to, to <laughs> driving two and a half five hours round trip to play. A 30 minute set here in industrial brooklyn where a couple of cats are fighting on the street man i appreciate your persistence phil i appreciate you having me thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> right on phil have a good one brother you too chemical dare all right everybody thanks for tuning in thanks to phil for hanging that was a bizarro interview in industrial-ass Brooklyn with street cats and all sorts of silliness to talk about. So it was good times. Good hangs. Good shit. We'll catch you on the next one. Crash, bang, boom. Crash, bang, boom.